Chapter 2 of The Silver Bear. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by JKD76. The Silver Bear by Edna Adelaide Brown. Chapter 2 How Dora Came to Live with Lucy. Most little girls are very anxious to have a baby brother or sister, and most of them, when the wish comes true, are surprised that the baby isn't big enough or strong enough to play. But after the first disappointment, there are nice things about having anyone so little and cunning and helpless to love, and when another surprise comes very soon, when the baby, in its turn, begins to love back. And so a big sister forgets how much she wanted somebody to play dolls or ball with her. Strange to say, Lucy Merrill was one of the very few little girls who didn't have this experience. Her sister came to her just the right size. It was four years ago when Dora came, but Lucy remembered very well the September morning when she saw a big red automobile standing before the drug store across the street. A great many cars stopped there during the day, but this one attracted Lucy's attention. To begin with, it was unusually large and fast, and of a bright red color which was enough to make it conspicuous anywhere and afterwards uncle dan said that it looked like the chariot of fire in the bible he and lucy spoke of it by that name its dusty appearance showed that it had travelled a long way and at the back strapped on tightly were four extra tires lucy had never before seen a car with more than two along both running boards were fitted curious cases like trunks and inside were two large leather suitcases the number on the rear showed that the car came from California. Everyone who passed the automobile glanced curiously at it, but Lucy was most interested in a pretty little girl about four years old who sat in front, alone except for her doll. When Lucy first saw the car, the little girl was evidently tired of waiting. She twisted and turned and wriggled in the seat, and finally stood up, looking around as though hoping to find somebody she knew. Lucy slipped out of her yard and ran across the street. The little girl gazed at her seriously and then held out her doll for Lucy to see. Lucy climbed on the running board, and the two looked at each other. "'What is her name?' Lucy asked. "'Just Jane,' said the little girl. "'Mine is Susie Mary Pretty,' said Lucy. "'Let me see her?' Oh, asked the little girl. Lucy ran over to her house to get Susan Mary, and when she came back, the druggist was standing by the car. Lucy knew him very well. He often gave her peppermints.' "'Look here, Lucy,' he said as soon as she came out. "'Do you want to take this little girl over to your house for an hour or so? "'The man she came with is sick.' "'Yes, please, Mr. Giddings,' said Lucy. "'Do you want to go with Lucy and see her toys?' Mr. Giddings asked of the little girl. "'What's your name, honey?' "'Dora,' said the child, immediately holding out her hands to be lifted from the car. "'Mr. Giddings set her gently on her feet. "'There, you run along with Lucy,' he said. "'Lucy, you tell your mother that the gentleman who drove the car is here in the store, and he's so sick he can't tend to anything just now. You keep the baby over there till he feels better.' When Lucy brought the little girl into the clean kitchen where her mother was cooking, Mrs. Merrill looked at them kindly. "'Take off her coat and bonnet, Lucy,' she said, "'and then you may butter two slices of bread and fill two glasses with milk.' Lucy took off the little white hat and blue silk coat and looked admiringly at the pretty white frock underneath. "'Come here, Dora,' said Mrs. Merrill, and I'll wipe the dust off your face and hands. All that morning the red car stood outside the drug store, and when Mr. Merrill came home for dinner, his wife sent him to ask Mr. Giddings what the trouble was. Lucy was afraid that Dora would have to leave, but her father came back looking rather serious. Guess we'll have company for dinner, he said as he opened the door. 
Bring a box, Lucy, for you to sit on, and let this little lady have your high chair. After dinner, Dora took a nap on the sofa, and woke rested to play with Lucy. On at about five, Lucy saw the big automobile going slowly down the street. She thought it odd that the man at the wheel should be Mr. Moderman, the tall policeman who usually stood in the square, but just then her father came out of the drugstore. Um, after talking a minute with Mr. Giddings, he crossed to his own house, and in his hand was one of the suitcases which had been in the red car. Lucy was too small herself and too delighted to have a playmate to think it odd that the suitcase was brought up into her room, and that presently her mother took from it the little nightdress and began to undress Dora. Um, all Lucy cared about was that the little girl was tucked into her bed to spend the night. Now Lucy knew that the sick man who came into the drugstore for help did not get well. The policemen in Massachusetts and California tried to find out about Dora, but all they could learn was that the man who owned the car was James Brent. When he left his home in California, there was no child with him, and nobody with whom the police could get in touch had any idea who Dora was, nor how she chanced to be traveling in eastern Massachusetts with Mr. Brent. Dora herself could tell nothing. She did not even know her last name. The little garments in the suitcase were all of fine material and beautifully made, but quite unmarked. And the child talked um, only of Mrs. Katie, Cousin Jim, and Rover, with occasional demands to be taken into the big car. For a long time, people tried hard to find out who Dora was, but nobody could tell them. She stayed on and on at Lucy's house, and after a while, it seemed that she had always been there. Nobody remembered now that her real name wasn't Merrill, and it wasn't often that Lucy's parents remembered that she wasn't their own child. So warm a place did little Dora make for herself in their hearts. She was a sunny, affectionate little thing who at once made herself one of the family and claimed a share of their love. End of chapter 2 Recording by JKD76